Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jonathan Davis, the voice of University of Texas football and basketball. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Longhorns your first listen of the day. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Longhorns on YouTube for exclusive content and to put a face behind the voice of your favorite podcast make sure you like us rate us review us give us five stars anything less than that i have to believe you're not listening hard enough we have an amazing show for you today our second edition of fan fridays and i couldn't be happier than have my boy george corky and with me today george what's up tell longhorn nation what's pop john what's up man just uh, excited for the conversation talk a little football maybe some basketball you know getting in getting into everything UT Athletics, and, and we've been wanting to do this for a while. So, you know, without further ado, y'all know how we do. Let's get into it. So, George, my, my first question for you is we came off a disappointing season last year. Um, a lot of excitement going into spring ball, just a lot of excitement going into the season uh, for Texas football. But there still are some question marks about this team if they look to compete in the Big 12 and for a Big 12 championship. So my first question to you, George, is what is the biggest question mark for you? Uh, for the UT football program going into spring ball? Man, I think it's uh, simply put, man, I think we got to gotta get some more uh, consistency here with the offensive line. Um, you know, I, I think in games where they were able to kind of, you know, get up front, you know, get downhill, run the ball effectively, that's when we saw, you know, that first half against OU, first couple games of the, of the season, you know, Arkansas withstanding. Um, I mean, the games where they were able to run the ball, you know, whether it was Hudson Card or Casey Thompson playing quarterback, you know, gave them some time. You know, we saw a much different product on the field than when that wasn't the case. Um, and so I think, you know, given Kyle Flood another offseason uh, with these guys, obviously with the huge, uh, you know, five-star recruits coming in on the offensive line, how many of those guys, you know, play, start, you know, do they contribute at all? And really, just like I said, man, getting some more consistency up front. I mean, you got a running back who can, you know, turn a gap and do a touchdown at any point in the game. Uh, and the fact that, you know, he was getting hit behind the line, you know, five, six yards behind the line of scrimmage is just unacceptable, man. You got to give got to give the weapons that the offense has some space. So I, I think I got to go offensive line here, man, for sure. What about you? Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, and, you know, like you talked about the addition of Devin Campbell and Kelvin Banks, both five star offensive linemen the four stars that are coming in, you, you have to, this offense is going to be centered around B. John Robinson. And, and so you have to do what you can to make sure he's as explosive as possible. Um, I'm looking on the defensive end. You know, I, I think that Sark will get this offense, right? I think he brought in some great transfers. I think Quinn Ewers will elevate the ceiling of this football team. Um, but the defense, right. If they're going to compete um, and try to get to where they want to go, it's, it's going to be on the defensive side that is going to have to be the biggest improvement. They were a hundred ranked in the, in the country last year. I liked what they did on the defensive line, bringing in eight recruits. I mean, then they brought in uh, five defensive back commits, and then they got the transfer, Ryan Watts from Ohio State. Um, so linebacking core, um, they have some bigger questions right there, but I think the defense uh, is going to have to take a huge step and, and match what the offense is going to be able to do if they're going to be able to compete next year. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think both sides. Like, it starts in the trenches. I know that's coach speak, but, I mean – it really like offensive line, defensive line. We got to see some some massive improvements there. I think for for us to have any semblance of what I would consider to be a successful season, um, I got faith in Kyle Flood. You know, Sark. 
Uh, I think, you know, a whole nother off season. I think they'll be all right, but we got to see that early and often. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So who do you think then has the most to prove next year? Like what player on the, on, on the Texas football team has the most to prove to you? And this is uh, Quinn Ewers, you know, not included here, obviously, because I, I think he's probably your obvious choice there. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give you one for offense and one for defense. I'll be quick with both. Um, I think offense, man, for me, Troy O'Meary, because um, I've heard nothing from anybody who follows the team closely, you know, insiders, people who are at practice. This dude is apparently just an animal, um, unguardable, you know, contested one-handed catches down the field, you know, unfortunately, you know, withstood that injury last season. But like I said, I mean, I think if you can get healthy, um, you know, there's obviously some potential there because you just, you hear nothing about uh, nothing but, but, but positive remarks from everybody who follows the team. So I, I'm going to go Troy O'Meary on offense. Uh, and then defense man for me is Alfred Collins. Uh, another guy, you know, came in as a five-star recruit, apparently is just an athletic freak of nature. Um and man, I, I don't think I heard his name, you know, by the announcers more than four or five times last year. And I just feel like uh, I don't know if it's a scheme fit with him, um, you know, with with Pete Kwiatkowski or uh, if it's an effort thing. I'm not really sure what it is, but, you know, in the same light as, as Troy O'Meary, man, it's just you hear like, man, he's just dominating practice, dominating practice and then you know, getting the game and it's crickets. So I think both of those guys, man, if you can get big seasons out of both of them, that'll go a long way to helping the success of the team. For sure, some some really good insight there for the Longhorns fans. I would have to say if it's one player for me, I talked about how they're going to have to improve on the defensive end. You know, I, I didn't came on a podcast and I didn't I didn't talk some big stuff. You know, I said we're going to win the Big Twelve, we're going to make it to our first college football playoff potentially. Um, and I think the biggest reason we'll be able to do that if the defense improves is Demar being Overshawn. And so he was the safety um, that converted to linebacker, and he's really explosive. He made a lot of plays last year at times. Um, he's still transitioning into the linebacker position. So sometimes the instincts can lack a little bit. Um, he can overrun plays, you know, things like that. But the talent is there. He, he, the explosiveness is there. The athleticism is there. Um, and I've seen a lot of people saying that, you know, right now he's, he's probably a, a second, you know, third round pick, depending on the season, he could move even up into the first round. So I talked about how I think the defensive line would be a lot better. I think the defensive backfield would be a lot better. But the linebacker spots is really where the question marks are. I think if DeMarvian Overshawn like takes that next step and becomes one of the best linebackers in the country, he's just a, a freak of nature um, as an athlete. If, if he uh, takes that next step and, and becomes one of the best linebackers in the country, like I said, I, I think it's going to be a, a problem for all the teams in the Big 12. And, and it instantly uh, puts Texas even higher than, than I think they will be if you have a playmaker like that at linebacker. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Love Agent Zero, man. Um, yeah. And I do feel for him, you know, with the defensive line, you know, if they're they're not shedding blocks and, and you know, you got a guard in your face and you're already undersized, you know, coming from safety and you got a 300 pound dude running full speed at you. You know, I can understand why it'd be a little tough, but I definitely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, George, I like I said, I've been on the podcast. I, you know, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm, I'm hooking forever. You know, we're, I, I'm saying I'm, I'm making all these bold predictions. I'm writing checks that Quinn Ewers and the Texas football team have to cash. So where do you think this team will stack up in the Big 12 and some of the best teams in the nation next year? Where do they stack up against those teams? 
Uh, well, I mean, I think if you kind of look at some of the things we've been talking about, you know, in a perfect world, Quinn Ewers comes in, he's as good as advertised. The offensive line takes even just a slight step forward. You got Bijan Robinson. Hopefully we can get my man Keelan Robinson involved because uh, I, I just don't understand why someone that fast and getting the ball, um, you know, perfect world, that stuff happens. Sure up the defense a little bit. I mean, I think a Big 12 title uh, is, is definitely attainable. Um, I know people are sleeping on OU with the you know, Lincoln Riley and, uh, you know, taking players with them, recruiting some of OU's players to come with them to USC. But, I mean, they're still going to be good, man. That team is loaded with talent. Um, I, I still think it's going to be them at the top. Um, but, you know, I, if things don't improve, man, I think, unfortunately, we'll see more of the same. You know, Quinn Ewers can have a cannon for an arm. But if he's getting sacked – you know, five, six times a game running for his life. Bijan's getting hit behind the line. Like, I mean, I, unfortunately, man, it hates, it pains me to say it, but I just, I can't see a situation where we're winning, you know, eight, nine, 10 games. If our, if our best players are you know not able to contribute. So um, yeah, I mean, I think if you just get a little improvement on the, on the line of scrimmage, man, both sides, offense and defense, I think you'll see a lot more, you know, Agent Zero, like you mentioned, you know, out there being able to make some more plays, uh, get Bijan in space. I, I think Big 12 titles definitely, you know, within grasp. Uh, now, I'm not going to compare us to the, the Bamas of the world just quite yet, but um, which we play them in week two. So I guess we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Big 12, you know, top of the Big 12 is definitely in reach. And uh, as far as nationally goes, um, I think we can compete. All right, so, George, I have to, you know, we're on the podcast. I have to hold your feet to the fire. Who wins the Big 12 next year? Oh, man. Uh, man, I, I just using recency bias, man, I got to go. <laughs> oh, man, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll say Texas. There we go. There Texas. we go. Yeah, but, you know, it's uh, I got I got a decade, decade behind me here, man, giving me some doubts, but. I got uh, I got faith in my man Sark, man. We'll get the ship right. Hey, Andre three thousand says spaceships don't don't come equipped with rear view mirrors. Excuse me, they dip, you know. So, you know, we got we can only look forward, and I think Texas wins the Big Twelve next year as well. All right, so we've seen in the college basketball season that the UT team has been up and down. They've had some really high highs, uh, great wins against Iowa State and, and Kansas and Tennessee, but then we've seen the lows against Texas Tech and Baylor. And now we have the epic matchup tomorrow. We saw what happened when Chris Beard and, and the Texas basketball team, they went into Lubbock. It was a hostile environment. And now that same Texas Tech team comes to the 40 acres to play Texas at the Irwin Center. What do you think happens tomorrow, George? Man, um, I it, it, it's hard for me to predict a win here, man, because that Texas Tech team, they, they are, they, they're full of dogs, man. That roster – uh, and admittedly, I don't, I don't follow Texas Tech basketball, uh, maybe as close as I should to have this conversation. But, um, you know, from when I've tuned in to their games, obviously the Texas game, I mean, that was a beat down from from the moment it tipped off. Um, you know, they're there. That's a that's a uh, an older team, an experienced team. Uh, they play well together. They have a great coach. Um, I'd like to say that with the, you know, the home court advantage, uh, we, we come away with the win. Uh, I think we really need a big game for Marcus Carr. Um, I, I feel like the games with Marcus, it's either like, you know, he's going for 30 assists or he's going for 30 points. You know, we never get like a good balance of him trying to attack, also facilitate. Um, but I, I think if we can, you know, 
make our three pointers, uh, you know, force turnovers. We've seen the team has definitely been more successful when they've pressured, pressured opposing offenses, you know, gotten some steals and then scored off those steals. Uh, I think that's key, man. They're able to get some turnovers. I, I, I think they can definitely win. I think they need to win uh, for their confidence. Uh, you know, we got, I think, what, after that game, we'll have four games left uh, the regular season before conference attorneys and, the and you know, March comes uh, comes fast. So, um, yeah, I think I think they really need to win this game for their psyche uh, and just moving forward. So I'm, I'm going to take the Longhorns, man. I think backs up against the wall, senior team, man. I'm going to take them. I think the crowd's going to come ready. Um, probably going to use less obscenities than the tech crowd. Yeah. Is, but, um, yeah, I think they're going to come ready, come loud and, uh, yeah, I think I think we're going to see some big performances from some of the older guys. We're going to come away with the win. Okay, huge prediction here. I, I will not make a prediction. I embarrassed myself on the podcast last time. I said Texas would beat Texas Tech sixty-one to fifty-seven, and and Texas Tech had me crying at the club. But what I will say is, you know, George made some really good points. Um, I said, you know, on the podcast yesterday that Marcus Carr uh, he's going to have to come out aggressive the whole game. Um, he can't come out and just look to pass the ball. He has to be that Minnesota Marcus Carr that averaged 19 points a game. Courtney Bishop is going to have to step up again, especially in the absence of Trey Mitchell. And uh, Timmy Allen is going to have to be the best player on the floor, similar to the way that he was in the game against Kansas. And Andrew Jones is going to have to continue to be a microwave off the bench and make threes. Courtney Ramey is just going to have to be all hands on deck. Um, The fans, the coaching staff, and the players, if they want to get a win tomorrow in Austin against the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So coming up next, I'll talk to George about his UT fandom, right? How he became a fan, some of his favorite moments, most disappointing moments as a UT fan. But first, a word from our sponsors. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, George. So, lifetime Longhorn fan. Just tell us how, you know, you developed your love for, for UT athletics. Uh, where did it start? You know, how, how did you end up here? You know, as, as, as the, the resident expert and, and lifetime Longhorns fan and, and being invested in everything University of Texas. Man, uh, honestly, like I got a lot of family in Texas. I'm not from Texas originally. I got a lot of family in, in Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, and so, you know, the state of Texas, the Cowboys, like it's always kind of a thing and I went and visited some family and actually the first game I ever watched was that epic Rose Bowl win uh, against Michigan, not, not USC. So I turned that game on, man. And it was, I don't don't know what it was, man. It was a mix of Vince Young being awesome. Cedric Benson being awesome. You know, the the colors, Uh, it was a great game to watch. I remember watching start to finish with my dad. Um, And, you know, I just kind of became a fan from that moment, man, became like low key obsessed with the team. Um, you know, I've followed him ever since, uh, it was, I'll say this, man, it was, it was a, uh, it was a lot easier from, from that point until about, I don't know, 2009. Uh, and then, you know, things, uh, things got a little rocky for us, uh, in Austin. Um, 
we've we've had some highs since then, but for the most part, you know, it's been it's been a little difficult here and there. But I love the university, man. I hope one day to to call myself an alum. I didn't go there out of high school, unfortunately, but you know, hopefully one day maybe I can get a little uh, you know, a little master's degree or something, call myself an alum. But yeah, I mean, really, Vince Young, dude, turn that game on. Just seeing him out there winning that game single handedly, um, the colors, all of it, man, it was just cool. For sure. And so outside of Vince Young, who was your all-time favorite UT athlete? Oh, man, uh, that's tough. Let me think. Um, I think I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go Jordan Shipley here, man. Uh, Ooh, like that. He's up there. I love Brian Arakpo. Um like that, too. I, I said him when I did my first band Friday. Yeah. Brian Arakpo for sure. Yeah. No, Arakpo, man, he was he was the man um, – you know, over the years, you've had a bunch, man. Unfortunately, here mm-hmm. recently, you know, a lot of these guys have been really talented. Uh, I mean, Bijan might be up there on that list just watching him play. But, um, yeah, no, I think I got to go Jordan Shipley, man. He uh, That dude was a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, I, I think he's, like, top five in pretty much every record that Texas has for receiving. Um, his brother was was nasty, too. So, yeah, I'll go, I'll go eight. I'll go Jordan Shipley. Yeah, for sure. For me, it's always going to be Kevin Durant. I don't know if that'll ever change, you know, on the basketball side. Uh, but definitely, I, I probably identified more with that Colt McCoy, Jordan Shipley era than even, you know, the Vince Young era. Uh, I, I kind of started watching really with the Rose Bowl. I wasn't a huge college football fan before that. Uh, but just seeing, you know, my whole family rooting for Texas and the game against USC was just so electric. That's really when I got into it. So the Colt McCoy era was where I was invested and you know, I, I talked on the podcast before about how when Michael Crabtree had that catch um, and he ran in the end zone, I was crying like, you know, in high, as a high school kid, I was standing on my couch crying. Um, so, you know, that that definitely uh, was was a tough moment for me. But speaking of tough moments, what has been the most disappointing moment for you in your UT fandom as a UT fan? What what, what was the moment where you just 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 couldn't take what you were seeing? Like like what, what was that moment for you, George? Man, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm probably gonna go the the championship game against Bama. Uh, you know, Colt McCoy. It just it seemed like we were we were really in that game. Um, we we had the momentum. Uh, I can't remember if it was the fake punt that they threw the pick to Earl. If that happened right before he got injured, I think it did the drive right before. So, you know, we were up. We were going into score. We had the momentum. I think we had the talent to beat that Bama team. I mean, you saw a freshman come in Garrett Gilbert and almost lead us back um so that that would probably be up there but man I ain't gonna lie I was on my honeymoon during this this past Red River rivalry game um so I, I told my wife on the honeymoon I said look you can plan the whole thing you just give me a couple hours on Saturday let me watch the game um you know go get a pedicure whatever you want to do just let me watch the game <laughs> so I'm watching have having some drinks at the bar, you know, having a good time, talking my stuff. There was a guy who went to OU there. And then, man, for, for them to collapse like that, you know, you're on your honeymoon, so it's the time of your life. Uh, but, man, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, man, I just can't escape this, man. I'm in the Caribbean. I'm still getting, you know, smack talked by OU fans. And I live in Oklahoma. So it's like, you know, it, it, it's here, here at home I'm getting talked to. I go on my honeymoon. I'm getting talked to by OU fans. It's just never ending, man. That that's that's got to be up there, man. It's got to be like number two for me. That was that was really really rough to watch. Man, I, I hate that, especially with you being on the honeymoon. You know, I hope you was able to, to enjoy the rest of the day after that. But that would be tough. And like you said, just you all the way in the Caribbean. You know, it's supposed to be on vacation, and 
you're dealing with UT losing and the, the OU fans talking. I, I, I could only imagine how that was, bro. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's the time of your life, man. It, it didn't ruin anything for me, but I, I can't lie and say that my day wasn't slightly hampered by that, uh, at least for a little bit, because, yeah, you're just watching it like, oh, my God, they're really about to lose this game. I got to, like, act happy the rest of the day. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's definitely up there for sure. For sure. All right, so we'll we'll go into the next segment on a good note. So, what what has been your your most happy moment as a UT fan? Like, what what moment brought you the most joy um, since you've been watching UT athletics? So, so we'll go the USC game aside because I'm sure anybody you know who was mm-hmm. old enough to see it that probably be number one. Um, man, I'm gonna go. Speaking of Red River games, man, that 48 45 game. I was actually at the game. Um, you know, I was there with a bunch of friends, all of which were OU fans. Um, you know, it was just – it was a lot of fun, man. Like, you know, being there, going up big, Kyler Murray comes back late, Dick at the kicker makes that kick, you know, with his his famous uh, – you know, his wink at the camera. Uh, that That's probably up there, number one, just because I was fortunate enough to kind of I – was, I was there experiencing that atmosphere. Like, if you haven't been, man, there's nothing like it. It's mm-hmm. it's loud. It's ruckus. Everyone's drinking, having a good time, man. It's, it's a lot of fun. So – um, yeah, I, I'd probably say for me, man, that, that would have to be number one, uh, just being there and experiencing that win. Yeah. Great moment for sure. Uh, I can't argue with that, you know, a great game and especially with you being there, like you said, those atmospheres, those college games, those UT games, Longhorn games are, uh, just electric, you know, so I'm glad you were able to experience that. And I'm glad, you know, <laughs> they, even when you're on your honeymoon, they lost, but I'm glad when you were in person, you paid money for the game, uh, they got yeah. you a win. So. Coming up next, I talked to George a little bit more about some of the other teams uh, that he's invested in um, as we round out, you know, the second edition of Fan Fridays. But another word from our sponsors. First, hungry? Try Built Bar, especially the pups. If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Go get the pups. They're the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Mmm, so good. These are going to be your new favorite. Low calorie, high high protein, replace your candy bars with these. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for February, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, George. So speaking of teams that stress us out the most, you know, besides the, the UT Longhorns, there's another team that, that's probably stressed you a, a little more even than the Longhorns. So I know you're a Cowboys fan. What happened this season, man? Oh, man, where to begin? Uh, we might have to we might have to end this podcast and start another one, man, to uh, fit in our time constraint here. I, I wish I knew, man. I, I, I don't know. It's the same thing that's been happening for forever. It's like you look at the roster. It's like, wow, we stack up with everybody. Um, you look at the players, they play well, they don't play well. 
you know, the, the coaching staff. I mean, Mike McCarthy, like at this point, I'm not really sure how to feel about him. Um, I mean, I can't say that he's done a good job, uh, but I can't say he's done a bad job either. I mean, you're talking about a team that was what, 12 and five, number one in the league in offense. Um, you know, it's just for whatever reason, man, when the lights come on, this team just kind of like, you know, where you at, you know? <laughs> so uh, I, I think, um, you know, I think going into next year, man, we've got some building blocks for them, but it's uh man, you're talking about frustrating. Um, Texas, at least they got the excuse of, you know, recycling players every four years. You got 18 year old kids, you know, playing, playing roles. Uh, I, I don't really know, man. I, uh, I think that list is, is probably much longer than we have time to talk about. But, yeah, watching that that Niners game in the playoffs um, just kind of makes you sad, you know. It's not even mad. You're just like, come on, man. Like, couldn't, couldn't win one of them, you know, not not one playoff game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I, I mean, you've talked about it, like, just being a UT – I mean, a, a Cowboys fan, excuse me, my whole life. It always seems like in those biggest games, like when we're on TV or, or national TV games – and you know everybody's ready to talk about you. So you're hoping, like, you know, don't embarrass me, don't embarrass me. And they just time and time again, they go out there and fold, man. I, I don't know what's going on. And then it's like when they do play well, you know, like if you look at the Buccaneers game, the first game of the season, it's like always good but not good enough, you know, or they're always coming back at the end. Or like you say, you just want more out of this team. You think you have the talent. They put up the stats. Uh, number one in offense, the defense was was crazy this year and, have yeah. nothing to show for it, you know. You literally have nothing to show for it. So I mean, you it, got you it, got it the, the the corner who leads the the the, the NFL in, in interceptions. You have you know who might be the best young defensive player in the league, and Micah Parsons. Uh, big contributions from guys. You know, free agents came in. Uh, Jaron Curse, uh, to name one. Uh, I mean, it really just felt different. You know, that first game, I actually uh, you know wasn't wasn't all that upset because I'm like, this is a defending champion. You know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they got the go to quarterback. And for you to play that well and and lose and on a we'll call it questionable non call on an obvious push off by Goblin there at the end. Um, I mean, you're one play away from winning that game. So I'm watching that being like, Okay, go on this big run, I'm thinking great, you know, and then like it does every year, man, it found a way to kind of crumble there at the end and make you and I have to talk about how depressed we are instead of how happy we are, you know. So yeah, no, for sure. It's like at this point, I, I don't even get excited about the off seasons. You know, maybe around the draft, I'll get excited again. But coming into the season, it's just like they got to prove it to me. But I, I'll get you out of here. I got one more question for you. Is Dak Prescott the quarterback of the future for the Dallas Cowboys? Well, I sure hope so, because they're paying him a lot of money. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I to be honest with you, man, I love four. Um, he's probably my favorite NFL player. Um do I put him in the same category as Mahomes, Rodgers, you know, Josh Allen? No, I don't. I, I'm not going to, you know, be naive and say that I think he's as good. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, you can win with that guy. You know, he, he's a competitor. He's a leader. Um, you know, that guy's been through more than I think any of us have in his lifetime. He's managed to stay grounded. Um, so I, I can rock with that. And, you know, I, I think, yeah, of course, I, I think he can get it done, man. But kind of need some help um you know from other people and uh, i'm pointing the finger here mostly at, at kellen moore i think he did a really bad job uh down that stretch at the second half of the season when it was very obvious that that teams had started to kind of catch on to what we were doing offensively um we didn't really see a lot of adjustments we in fact we kind of regressed uh into a 
a, a simpler, easier to, to read offense. Um, and you just don't really see that from teams who, who compete for championships year in and year out. Um, you got to be able to adapt. So I think Dak can do it. I don't think he can do it alone. Um, I think, I think you're really going to have to see some, some big steps by Kellen Moore. I don't know why people were considering him for head coaching, you know, vacancies. I just, that made no sense to me. So um, I, he was the one I was the most disappointed in, man, heralded as the golden boy. So yeah, I think Dak can do it. I definitely do. I mean, if, Trent Dilfer, you know, these other guys can win, can win these big games. I think, I think Jack Prescott can too, but uh, you know, he's going to need some help for sure. So. Yeah, I, I agree on the Kellen Moore front. I talked about, you know, how CD lamb really um, didn't get a lot of touches toward the end of the season, how Tony Pollard only has six touches in that game uh, against the 49ers where he's clearly our best running back now. So a lot of disappointing things from Kellen Moore, but one thing that was not disappointing was today's episode the second edition of Fan Fridays. George, I'm so glad you were able to join me. Tell them where they can find you on socials. Uh, yeah, man. So uh, Twitter's just at underscore George Corkian. Uh, you see it there on the screen if you want to follow me. Um, I will admit it's not all sports. There's some other stuff on there, but uh, it's mostly sports. So if you want to give me a follow, I'll be, uh, you know, hopefully interacting with John here more a little bit, trying to, you know, talk about stuff. Uh, a little bit more with him and uh, maybe trying to get in some Cowboys stuff as well. So uh, yeah, man, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, you know, hopefully we can do this again. And, you know, as always, you know, go Cowboys, hook them horns and uh, let's get it. Let's get a win in Austin, man. I really want to see us win that game, man. I think, I think we can. So. Yes, sir. And for my audio listeners, that's Corky and George Corky and K O R K I A N. But thank you for making locked on Longhorns your first listen of the day. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Longhorns on YouTube. And make sure you like us, rate us, review us, give us five stars. Have a great weekend, Longhorn Nation. And like George said, let's get a win against Texas Tech tomorrow. Peace.